Section six of Pirates of Panama, the Buccaneers of America, by A. O. Exquemelin, translated by G. A. Williams. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Acacia Wood. Chapter five, part one. How the pirates arm their vessels and regulate their voyages. Before the pirates go to sea, they give notice to all concerned of the day on which they are to embark, obliging each man to bring so many pounds of powder and ball as they think necessary. Being all come aboard, they consider where to get provisions, especially flesh, seeing they scarce eat anything else, and of this the most common sort is pork. The next food is tortoises, which they salt a little. Sometimes they rob such or such hog-yards, where the Spaniards often have a thousand head of swine together. They come to these places in the night, and having beset the keeper's lodge, they force him to rise, and give them as many heads as they desire, threatening to kill him if he refuses, or make any noise. And these menaces are oftentimes executed on the miserable swine-keepers, or any other person that endeavors to hinder their robberies. Having got flesh sufficient for their voyage, they return to their ship. Here they allow, twice a day, every one as much as he can eat, without weight or measure. Nor does the steward of the vessel give any more flesh or anything else to the captain than to the meanest mariner. The ship being well victualled, they deliberate whither they shall go to seek their desperate fortunes, and likewise agree upon certain articles, which are put in writing, which every one is bound to observe, and all of them, or the chiefest part, do set their hands to it. Here they set down distinctly what sums of money each particular person ought to have for that voyage, the fund of all the payments being what is gotten by the whole expedition, for otherwise it is the same law among these people as with other pirates, no prey, no pay. First, therefore, they mention how much the captain is to have for his ship, next the salary of the carpenter or shipwright, who careened, mended, and rigged the vessel. This commonly amounts to one hundred or one hundred and fifty pieces of eight, according to the agreement. Afterwards, for provisions and victualling, they draw out of the same common stock about two hundred pieces of eight, also a salary for the surgeon and his chest of medicaments, which usually is rated at two hundred or two hundred and fifty pieces of eight. Lastly, they agree what rate each one ought to have that is either wounded or maimed in his body, suffering the loss of any limb, as for the loss of a right arm, six hundred pieces of eight or six slaves, for the left arm, five hundred pieces of eight or five slaves, for a right leg, five hundred pieces of eight, or five slaves. For the left leg, four hundred pieces of eight, or four slaves. For an eye, one hundred pieces of eight, or one slave. For a finger, the same as for an eye. All which sums are taken out of the common stock of what is gotten by their piracy, and a very exact and equal dividend is made of the remainder. They have also regard to qualities and places. Thus the captain or chief is allotted five or six portions to what the ordinary seamen have, the master's mate only two, and other officers proportionately to their employ, after which they draw equal parts from the highest to the lowest mariner, the boys not being omitted, who draw half a share, because when they take a better vessel than their own, it is in the boys' duty to fire their former vessel, and then retire to the prize. 
they observe among themselves very good orders for in the prizes which they take it is severely prohibited to every one to take anything to themselves hence all they take is equally divided as hath been said before yea they take a solemn oath to each other not to conceal the least thing they find among the prizes and if any one is found false to the said oath he is immediately turned out of the society they are very civil and charitable to each other so that if any one wants what another has with great willingness they give it to one another as soon as these pirates have taken a prize they immediately set ashore the prisoners detaining only some few for their own help and service whom also they release after two or three years they refresh themselves at one island or another but especially at those on the south of cuba here they careen their vessels while some hunt and others cruise in canoes for prizes the inhabitants of new spain and campeche laid their best merchandise in ships of great bulk the vessels from campeche sail in the winter to caracas trinity isles and that of margarita and return back again in the summer the pirates knowing these seasons being very diligent in their inquiries always cruise between the places above mentioned but in case they light on no considerable booty they commonly undertake some more hazardous enterprises one remarkable instance of which i shall here give you a certain pirate called pierre francois or peter francis waiting a long time at sea with his boat and twenty-six men for the ships that were to return from macabo to campeche and not being able to find any prey at last he resolved to direct his course to rancheras near the river de la plata in twelve degrees and a half north latitude here lies a rich bank of pearl to the fishery whereof they yearly sent from Cartagena twelve vessels with a man-of-war for their defence every vessel has at least two negroes in it who are very dexterous in diving to the depth of six fathoms where they find good store of pearls on this fleet they called the pearl fleet pierre francois resolved to venture rather than go home empty they then rid at anchor at the mouth of river de la hacha the man-of-war scarce half a league distant from the small ships and the wind very calm having spied them in this posture he presently pulled down his sails and rowed along the coast feigning to be a spanish vessel coming from maracabo but no sooner was he come to the pearl bank when suddenly he assaulted the vice-admiral of eight guns and sixty men commanding them to surrender the spaniards made a good defence for some time but at last they were forced to submit having thus taken the vice-admiral he resolved to attempt the man-of-war with which addition he hoped to master the rest of the fleet to this end he presently sunk his own boat putting forth the spanish colours and weighed anchor with a little wind which then began to stir having with threats and promises compelled most of the spaniards to assist him but so soon as the man-of-war perceived one of his fleet to sail he did so too fearing lest the mariners designed to run away with the riches they had on board the pirate on this immediately gave over the enterprise thinking themselves unable to encounter force to force hereupon they endeavoured to get out of the river and gain the open seas by making as much sail as they could which the man-of-war perceiving he presently gave them chase but the pirates having laid on too much sail and a gust of wind suddenly rising their mainmast was brought by the board which disabled them from escaping this unhappy event much encouraged those in the man-of-war they gaining upon the pirates every moment and at last overtook them 
but finding they had twenty-two sound men, the rest being either killed or wounded, resolved to defend themselves as long as possible. This they performed very courageously for some time, till they were forced by the man-of-war on condition that they should not be used as slaves to carry stones, or be employed in other labors for three or four years, as they served their negroes, but that they should be set safe ashore on free land. On these articles they yielded with all they had taken, which was worth, in pearls alone, above a hundred thousand pieces of eight, besides the vessel, provisions, goods, etc., all of which would have made this a greater prize than he could desire, which he had certainly carried off, if his mainmast had not been lost, as we said before. Another bold attempt like this, no less remarkable, I shall also give you. A certain pirate of Portugal, thence called Bartholomew Portuguese, was cruising in a boat of thirty men and four small guns from Jamaica upon the Cape de Corriente in Cuba, where he met a great ship from Maracabo and Cartagena bound for the Havana, well provided with twenty great guns and seventy men, passengers, and mariners. This ship he presently assaulted, which they on board as resolutely defended. The pirate, escaping the first encounter, resolved to attack her more vigorously than before, seeing he had yet suffered no great damage. This he performed with so much resolution that at last, after a long and dangerous fight, he became master of it. The Portuguese lost only ten men, and had four wounded, so that he had still remaining twenty fighting men, whereas the Spaniards had double the number. Having possessed themselves of the ship, the wind being contrary to return to Jamaica, they resolved to steer to Cape St. Anthony, which lies west of Cuba, there to repair and take in fresh water, of which they were then in great want. Being very near the Cape, above said, they unexpectedly met with three great ships coming from New Spain, and bound for the Havana. By these not being able to escape, they were easily retaken, both ship and pirates, and all made prisoners, and stripped of all the riches they had taken out just before. The cargo consisted in a hundred and twenty thousand weight of coconuts, the chief ingredient of chocolate, and seventy thousand pieces of eight. Two days after this misfortune, there arose a great storm which separated the ships from one another. The great vessel where the pirates were arrived at Campeche, where many considerable merchants came and saluted the captain. These presently knew the Portuguese pirate, being infamous for the many insolencies, robberies, and murders he had committed on their coasts, which they kept fresh in their memory. The next day after their arrival, the magistrates of the city sent to demand the prisoners from on board the ship, in order to punish them according to their deserts. But fearing the captain of the pirate should make his escape, as he had formerly done, being their prisoner once before, they judged it safer to leave him guarded on shipboard, for the present, while they erected a gibbet to hang him on the next day, without any other process than to lead him from the ship to his punishment, the rumor of which was presently brought to Bartholomew Portuguese, whereby he sought all possible means to escape that night. With this design he took two earthen jars, wherein the Spaniards carry wine from Spain to the West Indies, and stopped them very well, intending to use them for swimming, as those unskilled in that art do corks or empty bladders. Having made this necessary preparation, he waited when all should be asleep, but not being able to escape his sentinel's vigilance, he stabbed him with a knife he had secretly purchased, and then threw himself into the sea with the earthen jars before mentioned, by the help of which, though he never learned to swim, he reached the shore, and immediately took to the woods, where he hid himself for three days, not daring to appear, eating no other food than wild herbs. 
those of the city next day made diligent search for him in the woods where they concluded him to be this strict inquiry portuguese saw from the hollow of a tree wherein he lay hid and upon their return he made the best of his way to del golfo triste forty leagues from Campete, where he arrived within a fortnight after his escape during which time as also afterwards he endured extreme hunger and thirst having no other provision with him than a small galabaca with a little water besides the fears of falling again into the hands of the spaniards he ate nothing but a few shellfish which he found among the rocks near the seashore and being obliged to pass some rivers not knowing well how to swim he found at last an old board which the waves had driven ashore wherein were a few great nails these he took and with no small labour wetted on a stone till he made them like knives though not so well with these and nothing else he cut down some branches of trees with which twigs and oysters he joined together and made as well as he could a boat to waft him over the rivers thus arriving at the cape of golfo triste as was said he found a vessel of pirates comrades of his own lately come from jamaica to these he related all his adversities and misfortunes and withal desired they would fit him with a boat and twenty men with which company alone he promised to return to campeche and assault the ship that was in the river by which he had been taken fourteen days before they presently granted his request and equipped him a boat accordingly with this small company he set out to execute his design which he bravely performed eight days after he left golfo triste for being arrived at campeche with an undaunted courage and without any noise he assaulted the said ship those on board thought it was a boat from land that came to bring contraband goods and so were in no posture of defence which opportunity the pirates laying hold of assaulted them so resolutely that in a little time they compelled the spaniards to surrender being masters of the ship they immediately weighed anchor and set sail from the port lest they should be pursued by other vessels this they did with utmost joy seeing themselves possessors of so brave a ship especially portuguese who by a second turn of fortune was become rich and powerful again who was so lately in that same vessel a prisoner condemned to be hanged with this purchase he designed greater things which he might have done since there remained in the vessel so great a quantity of rich merchandise that the plate had been sent to the city but while he was making his voyage to jamaica near the isle of pinos on the south of cuba a terrible storm arose which drove against the hardines rocks where she was lost but portuguese with his companions escaped in a canoe in which he arrived at jamaica where it was not long ere he went on new adventures but was never fortunate after. End of chapter 5, part 1. Recording by Acacia Wood. Lastly, they agree what rate each one ought to have that is either wounded or maimed in his body.